0: Amos chapter five, verses eight through 17. He who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth, the Lord is his name, who makes destruction flash forth against the strong so that destruction comes upon the fortress. They hate him who reproves in the gate And they abhor him who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and you exact taxes of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and turn aside the needy in the gate. Therefore, he who is prudent, will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, as you have said, hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, In all the squares there shall be wailing, and in all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas, they shall call the farmers to mourning and to wailing, those who are skilled in lamentation. And in all the vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through your midst, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. All right, well, here we are moving on through Amos 5, starting in verse 8 today. And, uh, you know, we start with some great, constellation imagery, the old Pleiades. I don't know how to pronounce. (laughs) Pleiades, Pleiades.
0: Pleiades. Yeah.
1: Um, And so we we start with this powerful image of God. And, you know, then uh, verse 10 is interesting. They hate him who reproves in the gate and they abhor him who speaks truth. So, you know, I think it's easy to read over that and not really take into account what's being said and move on. But the the city gate, uh, you know, it it was like the Twitter or like the it, it was the the place where all the conversations were happening. Mm. It it was the place of public address, and so it's where prophets would prophesy. Uh, it's where news would be, you know, kind of established, published, mm. and so all this uh, talk about establishing righteousness in the gate, or uh, or establishing justice rather, and. Uh, you know, this specific moment in verse 10, uh, Amos is really speaking to the people of Israel, disregarding prophets. And, and there's actually, you know, there's a good possibility that this is autobiograph, uh, blah, 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 autobiographical. There you we got go. It. Big word, lots of syllables it. <laughs> uh, that it's, you know, he's speaking about uh, the opposition that he is facing and he'll speak more into that in this book of prophecy. Um, but, you know, again, we have this strong, strong overtone of Israel's love for injustice and mm. um, getting rich off of, you know, taxing people that they have no business taxing, mm. trampling on the poor. And we have a really interesting bit of image here um, that it's, it's there in verse 11 where it says, you've built your houses of hewn stone. So, you know, real good, sturdy, solid house. Mm. You've built your houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them. You've planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. Mm. And that is very reminiscent of what God says um, in, you know, the Pentateuch Mm. when he's bringing the people to the promised land. The promise is that, you will, you know, basically you will eat the fruit of vineyards that you did not plant. You did not you will, plant. You will dwell right. in houses that you did not build.
0: It's the exact opposite. Yeah. And then yeah.
1: in Deuteronomy 28, this actual like exact um mm. punishment is warned. Uh so Amos is is pointing right back to Deuteronomy 28, where uh, you know, God through Moses says the exact same thing that if you persist in disobedience, then You'll build houses that you won't live in. You'll plant vineyards that you won't eat of the fruit. Yeah. So, um, a lot going on here that connects throughout the scriptural narrative. So, Barrett, what what are your thoughts on this call to Israel as we continue through chapter five?
0: Yeah, uh, Israel has clearly set up kind of these uh, centers of of worship, these altars at at Gilgal and Bethel, Mm -hmm. you know, as you, as you mentioned in previous days, but, um, so they've kind of set up these places and it seems like what Amos is saying, especially in verses eight and nine is that the one that they should be worshiping is the God who's done all these amazing things. Absolutely. And you've basically given yourself over to not worshiping that God, but to you know, sticking to your pitiful little altars that you've kind of set up and and are probably at this point treating more or less as like good luck charms or, mm-hmm. or things like that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he says in verse eight, he uh, mentions the those constellations of star, stars. you had made uh, Pleiades and, and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day and tonight who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. Who makes destruction flash uh, forth against the strong, so that destruction comes upon the fortress? You know, it's interesting that he says the Lord is his name. Uh, y- you're always good to point out that you know when we see Lord in all caps, it's it's actually the name of Yahweh, mm-hmm. and so it's the covenant name of of God, uh, his and, and signifying the covenant that he makes with Israel. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, what this is saying that we don't pick up on in English is that the the Lord Yahweh who is known as the covenant God of Israel. So it when, when that name is spoken, it kind of signifies that it's more of a local deity. It's like the covenant God of Yahweh. But then at times, like the Bible talks about how Yahweh made everything. So it's almost like you guys see this as like a local God. I'm trying to tell you that this is the God who totally, made the totally. entire universe. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so...
0: Uh, and and this was the crazy thing about Israel, and I would say it's the crazy thing about us today as Christians. But we have this crazy belief that the one God that we serve is the creator of the entire universe. Yeah. yeah. And and sometimes we lose. I, I sometimes I think we lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. And w- we don't lose sight of it cognitively. Sure. We know it cognitively in our brains, like we understand and we say. Who, you know, who created the heavens and the earth? And Will Carlyle would say, it was God. You yeah. know, I, we read that in Genesis one, but like functionally and practically as we live out our lives, uh, you were talking about you know, the interpretation of COVID as this like plague that mm-hmm. came on us. And like, we do tend to view those things in purely secular terms or like yeah. political terms or whatever. Yeah. Was, but what was God trying to tell the world? Mm-hmm. Like, what was he trying to say to all of us mm-hmm. through that? I mean, surely we don't believe in this distant God who is, who was, if not unaware, totally distant that like he doesn't even, he didn't even have a hand in that whole thing. Yeah. And and I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest a, you know, some superstitious prophecy on, on why COVID did this or that. Yeah. But I, I, I do know what. I do know what Scripture says over and over and over, particularly in the Old Testament to the people of Israel, that when things like this are happening, the right response is turn back to God. Mm-hmm. Turn back to this, Yahweh, because there may be altars that we have set up. There may be things that are not right. And I think we can all look around us and say, absolutely, that is the case. Mm. And so let's take this as a wake-up call. We don't have to we don't have to have these grand interpretations and, like, you know, try to, you know, have um, uh, try to try to you know find all the signs of what this might mean in the Book of Revelation or whatever. But we can say for certain that when things like this happen, the Lord is giving us a—he's um, giving us a wake-up call to say, "Turn back to Him." And so, I, th- I think it's always a call for us to check our hearts and say, "Wow, yeah, have I gotten off course somewhere?"
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is like a very very nuanced topic. But I think it is worth like being more a part of our daily discussions. but we're we're very adept at like seeing issues on a political level and and mm-hmm. attaching or attacking the policy of something. And I think abortion is, is a good example. there There's many others where we see something that we you know, as Christians with like orthodox worldview, like, know as wrong Mm -hmm. but rather than attacking the problem behind things we more attack the politics and of course i'm not saying that we should be politically detached as christians sure but i was even thinking about uh yesterday the the things that we can like directly link to the majority of the crisis of, you know, unplanned pregnancy and and Mm -hmm. sexual misconduct and, Mm -hmm. and all these sort of things, you know, there, there's so many issues like illiteracy. uh, And I was thinking about this because of read together ATL. uh, But there's these little pockets of Christianity that have their finger on the pulse where it's like, you know, communities where there's illiteracy, Mm -hmm. where there's a very low chance of being trained and raised to be a good employee, where there's, communities where there's just not many good businesses that are like elevating people. um, That is where sin runs rampant. Mm. And ultimately it's places where injustice has thrived. Mm. And so I think what we have to be really, really careful about is not just being passionate about the, the politics and big picture things around issues while being totally detached from actually doing justice and bringing justice, bringing righteousness, bringing productivity into arenas where we see issues. And I think that that is really what Amos is calling out is we have to be so careful and I have to be so careful. I'm I'm speaking from personal conviction of living a religiously upstanding life Mm -hmm. while actually not doing anything, uh, to the injustice to the yeah. lack of righteousness around me and uh it, it's this really probing question of do i live a life where i profit off injustice mm. and uh I, I need to be very cognizant of how god feels about that yeah. and um you know there's this really chilling verse that in verse 13 it says he who is prudent will keep silent in such a time mm. uh, and, and basically saying like People who understand the righteousness of God, when they see judgment, when they see God's wrath against injustice, they're not surprised. Yeah, and I think that there's there's this chilling principle that we have to take away, which is that God really, really hates injustice. He really, really hates uh, you know people who who live um, towards personal gain and not towards the flourishing of all people around them. And yeah. I just think that's a big warning.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I mean, going on, I think, I think 14 and 15 kind of sum up what you were saying. I mean, it says seek good and not evil. And the big question there is like, what is good? Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think, I think uh, Amos goes on to explain it. He says, seek good and not evil that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts will be with you. As you have said, hate evil and, and love good, and I think this is where mm. he expounds on good, and establish justice in the gate. Mm-hmm. And it and it may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. And mm-hmm. so, I think you're right. I mean, I think it is it is a a, a a cause to to reflect on, you know, am I am I trying to establish justice in the gate?
1: Absolutely. And it's
0: God's justice. Absolutely. I, I, I think you know. The justice conversation can go in many different directions. I do think we have to come back and have a biblical understanding of what justice yeah. is and means. Um, and and there's various things that we could talk about on that front. but uh, but just to make the point that like we are, you know, this seeking of good mm-hmm. and hating of evil, mm-hmm. it does have to do with with a life that is not only, like you said, passionate and devoted to the Lord but also seeking to do good, seeking to establish justice Mm -hmm. in in such a broken and fallen world. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, great great warning and and commendation towards us uh, to live justly and righteously and to seek good. Um, And we are gonna continue on this theme tomorrow. Uh, So for the great Barfaccio, Barrett Fisher, this is Will Carlisle and we'll see you tomorrow